Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show Altered Carbon. Today we'll be covering the first episode from Altered Carbon Season 1, titled Out of the Past. And what a good one to jump into. I'm excited to venture into something a little bit unknown, right? It's, yeah, it follows our kind of, it's kind of a strange show, like the trailers for it seem kind of odd, seem kind of futuristic, so... Right up our alley, I think. I think so. And I'm super excited to jump into our top five. Sean, this week, why don't you kick us off? What's your number five? All right. So my number five, uh, a lot of times with intros, I kind of skip over them. Like, uh, you know, the one, the, there's two that I, I've watched pretty regularly, and that would be Game of Thrones and Westworld. Mm-hmm. Like, both those intros are, like, really, really kind of captivating. And even though you see it once, you kind of keep like watching it during each episode be like what am i missing here like what's changing mm-hmm. oh agreed 100 <laughs> percent. and with with altered carbon you know the first thing they kind of show like these because you know from the trailers and everything you get this idea that it's like are these cyborg type things are these like grown like humans grown in like factories or like what is it and you kind of get that feel with the intro where they're like okay they're making bodies and it's felt very westworldy mm-hmm but then they started showing like a bunch of snakes all over the place and like these snake kind of things. And I, you know, like right away, I'm just kind of like, okay, like, are they just trying to make this Westworld like, you know, like what's, what does it have to do with these snakes? And, you know, it was really cool as, you know, they kind of, it's actually one of my other ones, but, you know, when they start talking about this introduction to this world, mm-hmm. they explain that, you know, they have these sleeves now and they shed them like, you know, snake skins. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, like that, that makes sense of this intro. Yeah. But I just love that it was very Westworldy, you know, and it ends up going into the dragon tattoo that our lead <gasps> character has. Yeah. Which I thought was really cool. It's like it kind of was like a you know, one of those it was very Tarantino y, you know, you see like this thing in the beginning and like at the end it all ties together. Um so as for a pilot, like I think this you know, from beginning to end was really, really cool. And the intro was really what kind of captivated my imagination early on. Wow. We're we're knocking it out as far as our being in sync with our um, like numbers here. Uh, I'm gonna just if you don't if you, if you were dying, I'm yeah, gonna go ahead, jump on. in. Okay, so yeah, my number five is also the opener. Okay, yeah. So what what were some things that you thought about it? Well, 
this is what I found interesting. And, and I'm like you, there's not too many shows that I watch that opener. I'm trying to, you know how Netflix has the skip intro, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm typically, if I have that option, I'm just like, get, get me to the show already. I, I, there's nothing new here, but I'm like you, I do watch the one for Westworld. I, I find it beautiful, the imagery, the mm-hmm. music. Um, and like you said, it's so layered. You think, you learn something new every time that you watch it. Also, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones makes me absolutely um, kind of bananas. I feel like a, I'm, I'm leading the orchestra <laughs> in <Yeah>. Game <laughs> of Thrones. Um, and have you seen, before I go any further, have you ever watched American Gods? I haven't seen it yet, no. Okay, that's, that's so one of the next ones on my list. Yeah, I definitely recommend that one and to all of our listeners as well. It's a uh, uh, the season one I found fantastic. But if you if you do pick it up, um, check out that opener as well because while I would compare this opener to a very um, mysterious and intriguing like Game of Thrones where it captivates you, Westworld where it's very layered, but also to me it had this American Gods kind of feel. To me it was sexy. This opener was had kind of a sexy feel with like this futuristic twist. Yeah. You had like that naked body, the snake twisting up the naked body, but yet you had the tech stuff because you could see the uh, the stack. And the, the futuristic twist in the music was a little bit, but I felt it had like this sexy twist uh, with that image of what also appeared to be like a face that was removed to reveal another face. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. You know, I thought that was kind of interesting where the, because they do talk a lot in the show about, you know, how you d- like you're shedding your skin like a snake and that felt like that was shedding the face to reveal another face, getting rid of one sleeve to, you know, go into another. Uh, so I thought it was just seductive as a whole, the imagery, but also the music as well. And I like how it showed that symbol as it showed the serpent as it was twisting into this shape um, mm-hmm. and it showed it tattooed on the back of the neck of the person, that naked body that you see in the beginning. I I found that so interesting. I thought, I feel like I've seen that kind of image before. So I looked it up and it's called, an, not exactly this particular shape, but very similar to an Uroboro. Uh, is which that is the, a, the snake that's eating itself? Yeah. It's, okay, this, yeah, it's yeah. defined as a circular symbol depicting a snake or less commonly a dragon swallowing its tail as an emblem of wholeness or infinity. Um, so I thought, oh, well, that, that kind of, I think they were adding their own twist to that because that's more of a circle shape. And this is kind of more of an infinity showing like, um, you know, never ending life in a way that they talk a lot about in the show. So I totally agree with you. This opener, I, I, I think I rewound and watched it like multiple times. Well, and that's what was cool is like, it starts out like it's a snake that's doing that, the circle eating its tail thing, but then it slowly turns into the dragon. Mm -hmm. And that's, and then when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of neat. Like I've seen that symbol before. And then, like, in the next bit of insight, like, wait a minute, that's turned into a dragon. Um, it was just really, yeah, I just love that imagery. I did, too. It was really great. And I thought the music, just everything, the imagery, the music, everything about it was real seductive to me. And I found it fascinating. So I, I love that. I love that we were in tune on those. So that's great. Well, that was my number five as well. Um, what's your number four? All right, so my number four really jumps into, like, uh, this futuristic world that we've been dropped into. There's so many cool things that you get from this. Like you're talking about sexy. Like this is where you're walking down a street and there's like all these different kinds of, you know, I, I don't even think they were actual brothels. They're like AI or artificial brothels. But mm-hmm. like this is a world that is, I'm, I heard, I've, I've never seen all of Blade Runner, but they say this is like Blade Runner, cyberpunk. Um, it reminds me a lot of like uh, 
oh, uh, there, there's a game that I heard about. It's like D&D, except this didn't have the orcs and everything. But um, mm-hmm. oh, fuck, what was that called? I can't, I can't remember what it's called. Basically, like this futuristic tech heavy, you know, lots of lights, but still dark and grungy. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's like you get to this point in this world where all this technology has just advanced humanity so far, but we still just, you know, fall into the, you know, traps of drugs, sex, and, uh, you know, debauchery. And that's what you're getting in this world. Yeah, uh, it hasn't advanced enough to to be rid of that, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it still still has a, um, a little. I don't know if I'd say sleazy so much, but just like you said, debauchery. Oh so. li- yeah, a little sleazy. I mean, it's it's kind of it's what what what's really interesting is the fact that you know. Okay, so they have these you know some kind of implant in your brain that basically allows your consciousness to live, you know, like in a hard drive now instead mm-hmm. of like you actually have your consciousness. And I mean, if that's the case, if it's like, hey, if your body's dying, just spend some money and get a brand new one. Somebody's donated that you can pick up. You right. know, wh- why would there be any concerns about like, you know, drugs or drinking or, you know, heck, have sex with everyone. Oh, you just got herpes. Oh, no big <laughs> deal. We'll just, you know, drop you into a new body. Like, it's not a big deal. Get a disease free sleeve. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have to worry about, you know, somebody who's got like that, uh, you know, computer virus probably. But, you know. <laughs> hepatitis or not hepatitis uh you know any kind of weird rashes going on downstairs you just get a new body you'll be all right <laughs> you can be completely careless and free with oh, with sure, your body yeah. and just get a new one sounds a little expensive in this world though yeah it's you know there's a very very like you're it's cool when they drop you into it because, like, you you know, you get this guy who's being opened up, and you kind of get the gist of what's going on. Like, I you know, I couldn't tell if it was cloning or, or what it was, mm-hmm. and that was the only thing I didn't really like. We saw we saw um, Takeshi Kovacs originally. You know, we see what I guess would have been his original body, right? And he's you know an Asian guy who's like super badass, and he's you know got that tattoo, and then you get dropped in here, and it's the the Joel Kinman character is playing him. Right. And, you know, he's freaking out because he's, you know, doesn't know where he's at. It's been, you find out it's been 250 years. And this was very Westworldy to me to an extent, too. Like, he's like, all right, well, I'm just going to go take a shower. Mm-hmm. And all these people are just showering together like it's no big deal. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. one of those things that, you know, even today, like, if I'm, you know, I take showers by myself because, you know, I don't want see somebody to see my butt. You know, it's, it's my butt, you know? <laughs> it's privacy. You can, you can find it on the internet if you search hard enough, but, you know, you, they've got to put Uh-oh. some work into it. <laughs> but you find out what's really sad is, like, the fact that, you know, they're sitting there, they're getting introduced to this new world, and he offers uh, a lady next to him a cigarette, and she was, like, kind of appalled by it. And my first thought was, like, oh, well, it's because, you know, smoking's bad like this is a future world they're going to be more advanced why would you smoke right but as he gets to the warden there's what the other thing i noticed is that there was a an ashtray which you would think in this world if you know they like smoking's bad there would be no ashtrays but it's the opposite now because we can drop you into any old body hey guess what you have lung cancer all right well you know upload me into that hot 22 year old who's got you know 37 abs and 47 inch biceps (laughs) i've got the extra 10 grand to do that Right. Yeah, if you got the money, it seems that you do have those options. But what what was really sad is we did see, you know, as he's coming out and and everybody's kind of meeting each other and and greeting each other. And you see that 
this older lady that he offered the cigarettes to, which I guess is why I didn't get either why she kind of looked at him the way that she did when he offered her one, because clearly they're all kind of dumbstruck. They're all like, what the fuck just happened? Mm-hmm. What what did we wake up to? They're all a little disoriented. Um, and, and so I'm like, oh, if I was in that kind of state, I'd be hitting up that cigarette. I'd be taking it up. <laughs> and um, so we kind of see why she didn't, because you come to find out that's a little girl. Yeah. So like a five that or body. eight year old that was yeah. murdered, I think. A hit and run. Yeah. yeah. And and that's the only body that her parents could afford based on this. Um, oh, and I have it in my notes, this restitution program. Yeah, um, I think they essentially just give them whatever body they have. Yeah, like, well, you and get you wonder, what you can afford and what you can, whatever's in inventory. Yeah, and you think, like, in this, go- and, like, it's probably some kind of government run type thing. Of course, they're mm-hmm. going to give them an old crappy body because they're probably not paying for it. Right. Or what they are paying is very little. Like, the government's probably paying for it. It's like, why give them a body of, you know, that's a kid prime. That's, yeah, that somebody's going to pay, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars for. Here, take this one that nobody wants. Right. Really sad. Super, super sad. Yeah. But what's even crazy, like you look at this world, you know, that's a situation of we had, uh, you know, there's, you know, episodes of Black Mirror that touch on stuff like this, but oh, essentially yeah. you could live forever. So, like, if you lose your kid or if you die, hey, guess what? We're just going to throw you in this other thing. And my question for that is, like, is that actually you? Like, is that consciousness actually you? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember uh, hearing a story about, like, hey, they think we figured out how to uh, transport people via, like, the Star Trek thing. What what the hell is that called? Um, the transporter. Yeah, the transporter. There's, is there a different term for it? What is it called where you, like, get teleported to a different place? Maybe it's just teleportation. Or it's yeah. like, beam me up, Scotty. <laughs> yeah. um, but I read somewhere that's like, well, for the only way for that to actually work, what, what would happen is the thing would basically just like destroy your body and make a copy of it and move that copy to this other place and rebuild it. Oof. So that's to so me, creepy. yeah, to me, like, I'm like, okay, well, is that thing that comes out on the other end actually you or did you die and something else, you know, like reappeared? And that's what you see in this world. There's people who are like against this whole moving body to body like as a religious movement type thing mm-hmm. you saw outside the things i mean there's just so much in this world that you're getting thrown into real quick but you know futuristic stuff always captures my imagination i feel like this is one of those that it's not like uh back to the future future futuristic where it's kind of feels campy and fake like this feels like to me you know even this is like you know say 600 years in the future mm-hmm. everybody still has the same problems the world's still kind of the same to an extent, we're just, you know, technology is a little bit more advanced. But, yeah, uh, to my number four is really just this futuristic world that we're starting to learn about. I agree. We we did, it was information overload, I'll admit. I had a better time on my second viewing of the show of kind of, um, oh, okay, this this makes sense. This makes sense. I know not everything at the moment made sense for me and and I and that's okay because we're only in the first episode so I am uh confident that we're going to learn more as we go and I haven't read the book did you know that Altered Carbon was based off of a book oh Pretty, no I didn't realize that yeah it was a very popular book I don't know hmm. if I have this in my notes so I apologize for anyone who is a fan of this sh- uh, show and also the um, the book. Oh, I have it, in, I think, in the news. So we'll definitely get to that. But yeah, it's a pretty popular book. And I think it was like a three part series and uh, did pretty well. So that's where this kind of came from. I, I haven't read it. And Altered Carbon, when the show came out, is my only exposure to this. So I have not, I've not been very spoiled. I 
might have saw one thing in the news by accident, but I'm okay with it. It's not, I don't think, too big of a deal. But I'm like you. I, I think we got a lot in the first episode and it was kind of confusing. I was like, I'm not sure if I understand what the hell is going on. It's like I get pieces, but not all of it. Um, but I think by my second watch, I was getting more. I'm still confused as a couple of the characters, but I really liked it too. I'm kind of into the futuristic sci-fi kind of thing, but I'm also, I think there's some character interest in here as well. And yeah, that, for sure. that goes into my number four, which is so far uh, someone I find really interesting, and that's Kovach himself. Yeah. Um, I was really interested by his character. I really liked, and it was both his original version, the, the Asian version that we see in the beginning. Um, you know, he was a badass. But then Joel Kinnaman, I thought as well, portrayed some of that same, like carried that same presence. I thought he had this quiet yet dangerous presence and he didn't seem to be intimidated by anyone and I found him very interesting and I was interested in all of this talk and this is probably when I get into things that I probably shouldn't because I'm so curious I want to know what some of this means and I, I, I'm so unfamiliar with this world like I said I haven't read the book and I haven't I don't really know too much about the story and the background of it so they kept calling him an envoy and I'm like what is an envoy so of course I'm looking it up um, and I don't think that this is spoiler I left out anything that could be spoiler that's just going to give a little info as to what an envoy is. Um, the envoys were special soldiers that lived hundreds of years before. We found that out, that he um, was uh, he woke up and it had been 250 years past. These envoys were created as the world of altered carbon and technology developed. They had the ability to move from planet to planet as the human race expanded out into space. We did hear about different worlds. Yeah, we did. I did hear something about him being able to bounce from like planet to planet. Right, and and he did ask like where he was, like Earth, you know. So we know that somehow we have advanced into uh, further exploration, and 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 maybe there's some more. Um, uh, human habitat or habitats that's beyond Earth, um, so I don't think that's too spoilery. Um, also, I think something that they could do was um, they could transfer from one sleeve to another without the accompanying disorientation called needle casting, experienced by most normal people. I, that was also mentioned in this episode. I left out anything else that was too spoilery or um, moved off into maybe another episode that we haven't watched. But I found that very interesting. So I'm like, well, I want to know more about what that means. Because they, they talk about him like he's so elite. He was this elite soldier. I'm like, well, what does that mean? I just found his character very interesting. I loved both versions, uh, the original Kovach that we've seen and then um, in the or later when we see Joel Kinnaman. Kind of how they intermingle. I really liked how they intermingled that too. Yeah, um, I did like that. It was, a, and it reminded me a lot of like, <laughs> there not a lot of people like this movie. Did you ever see Demolition Man with Wesley Snipes and um, Sylvester uh, Stallone? I think I've seen bits and pieces of it, like on TV at some point. Yeah, yeah, that movie's pretty old, so I don't think I'm giving away too many spoilers. But um, and I won't talk too much about it. But it, it reminded me very much of Demolition Man when um, something very similar happens to Sylvester Stallone that happened to Kovach um, in this. It reminded me of that. So I, I found that whole thing to be kind of very interesting and I found his character to be very interesting and I look forward to um, exploring his character a little bit more so that's my number four yeah uh, so it's kind of ties a little bit to my number two my number two is the psychic power of the envoy mm, yeah that was so we cool see a, we see a little bit of that but so I, I made a note about Joel Kinman so I really liked uh, Kovac uh, you know when he was 250 years in the past I thought I liked his portrayals of the character. It, it was really, really cool. And, uh, 
but when Joel Kidman, like when he came out of the thing, like, I'm like, okay, I, this kind of feels like somebody that came out of this stuff, but he had a very just dry delivery with everything. And I'm hoping that's just like him warming up to, you know, being this character. Like, you know, obviously he just came out of this, uh, you know, 250 year sleep. So he's going to be kind of just starting to get warmed up. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize until looking at the IMDb, Joel Kinman played uh, RoboCop. Yeah. Which I remember watching that and it was kind of the same delivery. Uh, and he was Rick Flagg in Suicide Squad, which is kind of that same delivery as well. Hmm. So I think it might just be something I need to get warmed up to. Right. Um, but but we'll see. I mean, I didn't hate it, but it was one of those things like, I just don't really know how I feel about this. It feels just a little too dry for me. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I kind of felt that too. I was okay with it, but I, I, I understand completely what you're saying. And uh, I and it, maybe it works for this character. You know, he seems yeah, like a, like a hardened soldier, kind of been there, done that, seen that, done that kind of, you know, person character, um, and and seems to have lost a lot of people, at least from yeah. what I've seen in this episode. He he did. I don't know that it came across very well, but it, there at the end, it did seem he had some sort of emotion. Uh, I, I believe that was, um, oh gosh, and it's in my notes, Falconer. There at the end is who he was having that conversation with. Um, well, kind of imaginary, I guess, conversation. He, he was imagining her. But he seemed to have a little bit of emotion, I felt. It wasn't a lot, which I don't know that we're going to see a lot from his character just based on that character. But hopefully we'll learn a little bit more about him and see if it plays into that or not. But yeah, I see what you're saying. Let's see. Yeah. Is that all you had on your number four? That was all I had on my number four. What do you got for three? All right. So my number three, I have just simply the sleeves. Now, I think it's just a super cool idea to I've I've always been like fascinated by like the idea of like vampires and things living forever. Yes. And having something like this to live forever to me would just be really, really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be it'd be nice to kind of put yourself on sleep mode for like 50 years, come back and see what things are like. <laughs> Let's see what um, kind of shit we can stir up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um you know, like the, the only thing that would make me be like, "Oh, I'm done with this world." Like, if I go to a strip, I've never been to a strip club, so I don't know what they're like. Oh, but- Sean, come on! <laughs> <laughs> but like to go to a strip club and it's a robot, like that's changing forms in front of me. I'm like, uh, like I kind of prefer the real thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't want to see, you know, you shifting on stage, and like I want some athleticism to it. Like I don't want it to be a robot. Sure. But, uh, you know, just being able to, you know, change bodies was kind of a neat idea. The living forever. Mm -hmm. Um, I really think this is a situation of, you know, of course, my mind's going into like overpopulation, like instantly that's going to be an issue. Um, And what's going to stop that is, you know, only the rich are going to be able to do this because it wouldn't be cheap. Right. Yeah. Um, and I and you know there'd be some kind of, you know, uh hierarchy to this to be like, "Oh, well yeah, you have enough money to do this, but we're not going to let you do it." Um and they 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 uh, introduced the concept of dual sleeving, which I guess is illegal. Right. The idea of basically having your sleeve in two different bodies, which was kind of an intriguing idea as well, but uh Again, it's just this idea that, like, you know, if you don't like the body you have or you're starting to get old, it's like, all right, well, let's download all your memories and all your knowledge into a different body and go from there. It's like the head transplants they've been talking about, except hopefully not as painful. Oh, man. Yeah, that's – 
while I am on one side completely fascinated by a lot of this stuff, the other side of me is totally freaked out <laughs> by the concept. Well, that's the the thing that freaks me out the most about it is, you know, especially when we talk about the main character when he was uploading his consciousness or his data up to his satellite. Mm-hmm. So that body that's there right now, like, is, you know, if you believe in souls or believe in some kind of, like, you know, more than just being a body, you know, was that really the same person or is it essentially just a computer at that point? Like, is it just AI? Right. You know, How much is... Because, is, is, I mean, in your brain, there are pieces of the brain that make you, you. Yeah. And how much of, of that stack that contains your digital consciousness, how much of that is really you? I mean, it's not, the brain is like a, a living functioning thing. You know, this, this stack, this digital consciousness is not, it's AI. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just ones and zeros that, you know, somehow we figured out how to get the ones and zeros from your brain onto a little disc. And what's creepy, like think about right now, like what if that actually exists? Like what if there's people like, you think of these some of these super wealthy people like uh, um, uh, Bill Gates or somebody like that. Like, what if they've had their conscious uploaded to a different body right now? It would not surprise me. You know, yeah. All. I mean, you there's no way you could tell. It's like, oh, welcome our brand new CEO, uh, William Fence Post. Right. Well, if anybody was going to do that, don't you think that would have been Steve Jobs? Yeah, well, yeah, it could have been. I mean, or, uh, I figured he would have been Elon the one to figure it out. <laughs> maybe Elon Musk is actually Steve Jobs. You know, I think there was something I read not that long ago. There is something that Elon Musk is working on as far as um, transferring your consciousness into a computer. I don't know if it's necessarily this kind of concept where you're able to, you know, remove the sleeve or sorry, the stack from one sleeve or body from one to another. But there he was. I I saw this as I was uh, coming across some new stuff that he is working on something like that. And this was announced months ago too. This is not anything that was just like this week. It was like last summer that this came out and I thought, Oh my God. Yeah. He'll be the one. <laughs> well, that dude's got his hand in everything. He's like, Hey, scientist, you want to try and figure out consciousness in a computer here? Here's a hundred million dollars. Oh, Hey, can you send a Tesla into space? Here's a hundred million dollars. I just, I love that guy. I really do. Yeah, I've joked that, like, me and my buddy Rich have joked about, like, he's probably already got, like, a, a home mansion on Mars. Like, he's already figured interstellar travel. Oh, he's yeah. He's just waiting for the rest of the world to catch up. Yeah, he's already on it. He's he's living in uh, year 3000. Isn't <laughs> 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 that what they say nowadays? <laughs> and we're but, stuck way back here. <laughs> but, yeah, that's just my number three is this whole idea of uh, conscious transferring and, and sleeves. That is a good one. I'm probably going to get more into that. I kind of have a lot of that intermingled in the rest of mine, so I won't get too specific in that. That's definitely going to come up more for me. So I'll just jump into my number three, which is going to vary just a little bit uh, from yours. My number three is just in general, just the action that I got uh, from the show. I I am such, uh, I guess, a non-girl or a a guy's girl um, as far as action. I love a good action flick. Or movie, TV show, uh, you give me some action and I'm a happy girl. I love total butt kicking happening. Um, I love some badassery. I love some kung fu that, you know, we're getting um, some great action in this uh, show. 
so I, I love that I get my whole sci-fi fix because I, I do love the sci-fi side of things. But I also like when there's some really great action sequences. I love in the beginning, you know, when Kovach is in his original form and they're being hunted down, you know, in that room that they're in. And, uh, you know, he, he in the end there, he's getting shot multiple times and he keeps charging after that one guy. And I thought that was just so badass. Uh, not very believable, but hey, we're in, you know, a whole different kind of universe or in the future. So I'll, you know, I can, I can let stuff like that go. I don't need it to be very believable. It just looked badass and that's all I care about. Um, I really like the action sequence at the Raven Hotel. Yeah. I thought that was super cool. Um, that whole sequence um, and, and just how he played that off, you know, just kind of so cool. And he's like, he, it's like he had this cool confidence that he just knew he was going to get out of that, that situation. And um, I love how, you know, the, the, I'm going to call him Poe. I know that's not his name, but he reminds me, I know that this, you know, was kind of inspired, had some Edgar Allan Poe oh, yeah, inspiration. Yeah, the Raven Hotel. Yeah. Yes. I kind of caught that the second time, which I should have caught it sooner as like Raven and the guy, obviously it's a Edgar Allan Poe type of thing, but yeah, um, it took me my second watch to really catch that. Yeah. He, and, and, and the guy totally had a, a Poe look to him as well. So I really liked, uh, you know, and he's like really encouraging him to, you know, please, you know, put your finger here to get the amenities, you know, and then the he finally gets it and the uh, the guns are dropping from the ceiling and taking everyone out. I just I love the whole thing. I thought it was super cool. So um, I just have IMDb up just to kind of help me with character names. And mm-hmm. that character's name is actually Poe. Beautiful. Yeah. I knew that there was a lot of, ins- or not a lot, not the whole show, obviously, but there there was definitely some inspiration from Poe. And I'm a big Edgar Allan Poe fan. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> go figure, my dark and twisty side loves Edgar Allan Poe. Um, but I, I loved that. I, I, I thought if you didn't catch that, like if you didn't know who Edgar Allan Poe was, maybe you wouldn't get it. But if you're familiar at all with Edgar Allan Poe, you probably kind of get that's who that fella kind of looked like. Follow the bit. House of Usher. <laughs> Absolutely. Gosh, love me some Edgar Post. So I just love the whole, I like that there's some action. I think we're probably going to get more of it. Um, I haven't seen previews or anything, but I just feel like this is going to be a good sci-fi show with some good uh, kick-ass moments in it that uh, will really get my juices flowing. So that's my number three, just action. Uh, let's see. And my number two really ties, and ties into the Envoy piece that we talked about in the psychic power. We see more mm. of it from um, younger uh, Kovacs where he's mm-hmm. you know in that hotel with that, that girl that, Seems like it's probably the person he's had a relationship over the years with. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and they kind of have their super sexy scene, which apparently you find out like after you come out of this uh, sleep, like your hormones are still going as you're sleeping. So when you wake up, apparently you have the stamina of like a porn star <laughs> is the way Kovacs makes it sound. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of see them embrace. And I, I feel like it's kind of like Westworld and stuff like that. It's like whenever they, they talk about like bodies and things like that, they always try to make it sexy too. Like they don't hold back on the sexiness. Yeah. Um, and it seems like this show is going to have a lot of it. Um, yeah. But, but just going on to this like psychic power, he's able to see through walls a little bit, kind of get like 3D vision, super skilled with, you know, karate or some type of martial arts and, you know, uh, you know, firing a weapon. Like, you know, he fired through the wall knowing where he could hit the guy and, you know, basically took out that whole regime of dudes breaking into their apartment or hotel. Yeah, um, so I'm really excited fun. to see. Yeah, I'm really excited to see where kind of this, you know, envoy power how it plays into to his new body. Yeah, and it sounds like he may not be quite as skilled. It's like his, it's his consciousness in this new sleeve, 
and they talked about how, you know, being transferred into this new sleeve. And so it's a different body. So, you know, just because you knew how to do martial arts in your previous sleeve, when you get uploaded, I guess, into a new one, do you still carry that over? Does your new, because they mentioned that he had some combat skills like this, the sleeve that he got placed in Joel Kinnaman uh, is, was a cop, I guess, a, a, a cop that turned and was a bad cop or something of that nature, uh, from my understanding. Um, so it sounded like he had some combat skills or he had some kind of training or something. Uh, but I'm just curious how much of that carries over. I mean, how much of that is your, your, is your consciousness? How much of that is, is like your body? And I guess they mentioned also muscle memory, like his muscle memory would kick in or something, um, in this new sleeve. Um, so he should be able to be fairly on par, I guess, with his former self. So I don't know. I just find that interesting. Like how, like you kind of mentioned when you do the transporting thing, how much of that gets left behind and, and is gets, you know, placed into a new sleeve? How much of that is still you that you carry over? So, yeah. And that's the gist I got when they talked about when he first came to and he's talking to the warden, the warden said something about like, you know, this bot, this sleeve you got is combat ready, has this, has that, has that. Mm-hmm. So I think like probably if you get into a new sleeve and you probably have to relearn it a little bit because it probably is a lot of muscle memory or, you know, your body's flexible in the ways to, to do the moves that, you know, like you, it'd probably be almost like being, um, I don't know if unconscious would be the right term or if you'd just be like a paralyzed for a second where, or actually, no, it's like when you're drunk and you're like, wait, I know how to dance <laughs> and you're, you can't really dance. Says like, vodka. Yeah, says vodka. <laughs> vodka tells me I dance well. Go, 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 go. That's what it tells me every time. <laughs> but my number two is just kind of the envoy and the psychic power that was kind of coming from it. At least that's what I was comparing it to is like a psychic power. Yeah, it, and it was really interesting to kind of, I'm looking forward to, I tried not to look too much into, like I mentioned, the the special skills of the envoys and who they were, because I feel like we're probably going to learn more of that, and maybe people who are uh, fans of the of the book and already maybe have binged it ahead of us, because we are just doing the weekly watch, we're not watching ahead of time for, um, if in case no, no one knows that. We'll just tell you that now. We have not watched anything past episode two at this point. Um, so I, I'm, I'm interested to kind of explore that and learn a little bit more. I'm okay with not knowing everything because we are only in the first episode. But that was really super cool there in the beginning when you can, he can kind of see, like you said, you know, uh, on the other side of the wall. And I thought, oh, that's badass. Um, don't we all need that? Uh, my number two is just basically as a whole, the premise of the show. And I kind of mentioned a little bit in the, in the action and talking about Kovach and stuff, but I really like, we got a little bit of Blade Runner in here. You've already kind of mentioned that and made that comparison, how you can get transferred to sleeves or bodies. I think that's really interesting. Um, and how only true death occurs when your stack is destroyed. I find that fascinating. Um, and I find you know, we've, we've seen a little bit of this digital consciousness, not in this show exactly, but, you know, we just covered Black Mirror, season four of Black Mirror. And I won't spoil anything for anyone who maybe hasn't seen it yet. If you haven't, please go watch Black Mirror, by the way, as a side note. It's such a great <laughs> series, um, whether you listen to us or not, but you should. Um, with other forms of digital consciousness, we're kind of seeing where that is kind of being explored now. We just talked a little bit about Elon Musk and how he's thinking, hey, yeah, we can sh- we can upload your consciousness up into this computer. Why not? May not be able to do anything with it once it's in there, but, <laughs> you know, but hey, we're going to put it in there. Um, 
I found it really interesting. We talked a little bit about when someone is murdered, they have that victim restitution program, uh, but you kind of get stuck with a sleeve that's available unless you're rich or part of the elite, which we kind of saw, you know, some pieces of that as well. Um, it sounded like you couldn't uh, testify in court if you revived. Yeah, that's that I, I got a little sense of that, but but they could interrogate like the the, the system, mm-hmm. the stack. Because they were upset about when they um, got to the Raven and the one dude had been shot. They're like, oh, his his stack is intact, but it had some kind of encoding or something on it that they couldn't couldn't, uh, interrogate it. Which, like you're just saying, like that stuff's like super interesting to figure out what all that stuff means. And the laws behind this, like they could release a law of altered carbon. You'd be like, oh my gosh, like section 728 means I can't, oh, strippers can only change form six (laughs) times in a night. Damn it. I know there's so many interesting uh, things that we really got a lot of. It was a lot, even on the second watch, I still feel like there's some things that I'm not quite uh, have my brain wrapped around just yet. And that's okay. I am always confident and have patience enough to keep watching to, to let that unravel a little bit. I feel like we got a lot, but we're going to be able to take those pieces that we learned and we're going to be able to explore, explore it a little bit more. Cause yeah, I found that interesting too. I don't, think I quite understood that it happened really fast she was talking very fast she had that accent and I had trouble with her accent you know just kind of understanding I was almost ready to turn on the captioning <laughs> on there just uh, so gotcha, I could yeah. catch exactly everything that she was saying but I just found all of that super interesting just the whole premise of the show and everything that we learned in this world getting uh transferred uh let's say into altered carbon itself and just you know learning about digital consciousness how you can go from one sleeve to another if you have the money anyway um and and what that looks like and how you can be in stasis you know for so long this dude was in stasis or at least his consciousness was in stasis for 250 years um so i i thought that was super cool the elites we found out got their stacks backed up so if they're killed or their stacks are destroyed they can have them reinstalled like the cloud like their consciousnesses are living in a cloud (laughs) Every 48 hours it was uploaded. <laughs> Do we which, want that? Do we want our consciousness in a cloud? <laughs> I don't know. That's Yeah, that's creepy. And like it was like a military grade satellite like way up in outer space that was like super protected. Which it was um, his satellite. He said, well, that's mine. Because he's like, oh, it looks yeah. like a satellite. And he's like, oh, that's mine. It wasn't like, oh, I share this. He's like, that's mine. So <laughs> He should have been like, that's E. Musk 7. <laughs> That would have been hilarious if his real name was. Yeah. <laughs> He's found a way to live all these hundreds of thousands of years. But that, that's just my number two. It's just being immersed into this world and discovering what altered carbon. I, I, I don't have the whole picture. Obviously, there's still many questions that I have about the show. And what does this mean? What does that mean? And I'm confident we'll find that as we go. But I'm, I've really loved this first episode and just being immersed and learning about the show itself. So that's my number two. All right. So for my neighbor, number one, I've just kind of titled this, the game is afoot. Uh, kind of tying it into Sherlock Holmesy a little bit. So, you know, we find out that there, that, you know, Kovacs, Kovacs is back. You know, he's got brought back by this super rich dude who has a super awesome house in the clouds. Mm-hmm. He's uh he's got a wife who apparently, once a little bit of the the Kovach, Kovach, you know, <laughs> she, she didn't was, she didn't mind him at all, did she? No, she was not hiding it either. Like she, I mean, I had to figure out if what she was showing was real or not because she was, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Her boobs are showing. That's what I'm trying to say. And I totally picked up on that. She was <laughs> she was one hot mama in that yeah. dress. That was she was beautiful. I'll give her that. And oh, where was I going? That the boobs distracted you, me. Oh, so um, you got totally thrown <laughs> off, didn't you? <laughs> but yeah, but so there's this rich dude that he goes to see, and he's you know he's like, okay, like I don't want to be here. This is not my world. And he died, uh, you know, very tragically, very violently. So he's probably like, just put me back to sleep. Like, I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. And we find out the super rich dude is like, I need you to solve my murder. And that's where we learn about the satellite. We learn about the, all these other things. And the crazy thing about this, it's like, listen, I got killed by my own, uh, I can't really call those weapons, like a... Um, oh, shoot. Yeah, uh, I totally... It was basically like blast, his own gun. Was like but energy yeah. blast is what they called it. Because mm-hmm. they said, don't take an energy blast to the head. Yeah. Um, but it was a gun that was in a lock safe that only he and his wife knew about. And so he's like, yeah, go ahead and say it. Either I committed suicide or my wife killed me. And he's like, but I don't think that's the case. Uh, so it, you know, you've got this investigate and I'm curious how they're going to make this last multiple seasons or if this is just going to be the first season mm-hmm. It's just figuring out what happened to him. Uh, but yeah, we've got, we've got a, you know, an investigation on our hands. We've got a game to solve a crime and, you know, Kovacs is not, doesn't seem like he's a detective. He's just kind of a, you know, an anti-hero to an extent probably. Yep. Um, but here he is and he's, he decided to take the case and, Again, just everything encompassed in that is, you know, super, super exciting. It is exciting. And yeah, he was, I mean, he was ready to just like, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to finish out my one last night that I've got and put me back in, put me back in stasis, take me, put me back to sleep, however you want to call it. He was, he's like, I don't give a crap. It's like everyone, which you kind of pick up on, you don't know maybe everything that happened to the people he cared about. But you kind of get that sense that he's pretty much lost everyone he's cared about. And he wakes up 250 years later. How oh, many yeah. How many people, you know, are, are like, uh, you know, that we see uh, out of our character? Oh, gosh, what was his name? The um, the rich guy. And I know thought I had it in my notes and I can't find it. And I'm sure I'll come across it too late. Um, but Is it Bancroft. Yeah, that was his last name. There we go. Yeah, it? it's yeah. A, um, Lawrence. Yes, Lawrence Bancroft. Lawrence. Yeah, there it is in my notes. I knew I was going to come across it. See vodka, people. It it <laughs> it makes you lose your train of thought. Lawrence Bancroft. You know he's he's been able to continuously just be around, be around, um, with no problem. He's got the money to do that. But most likely, all the people that that Kovach knows um, is gone. So what what does he have to live for? He's really feeling like he has no place in this world. He has absolutely no interest in this world. He gives a, a, a shit less about why somebody is interested in killing this rich guy. You know, he's like, yeah, your wife probably did it, even though they say she passed a polygraph. Um, and, you know, that wasn't an issue. Uh, but yeah, like you said, there's a lot of things to untangle. And I'm it, it grabbed me enough that I'm interested to keep watching and see what happens next and kind of unravel what's happening. I want to learn more about Kovach. I want to learn more about who killed this guy and how. Because it was interesting. It's like just so happened before his next upload of his his digital consciousness up into his you know fancy satellite that he just happened to get killed. So, of course, he can't remember who killed him. Well, and he also mentioned that somebody tried to hack and destroy his satellite after the fact, too. Yeah, and now somebody has cared enough to go after Kovach in the mm-hmm. in the hotel to take him out because now he's somewhat tied to helping find out who 
uh, who murdered him. So now he's being targeted uh, so he can't help him. So now he's uh, feeling like he's got more of a part to play. And I'm interested. I like it. Yeah, I like because I mean, it's like futuristic things. It's like, okay, well, what kind of stories can you tell in this? And, you know, this seems like a good, good story. It's, you know, it's an investigation story. It's a Sherlock's homey type story. Um, But like you're talking about him being waking up 250 years in the future. He's like, you know, like, like I talk about vampires and that's always the thing that you always hear about, like people that live forever. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, here I am so far in the future and everyone around me that I love is dead or died. And that's kind of what he's looking at here is like anybody he knew, like, you know, if my great, 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 great grandpa just like showed up all of a sudden, he's like, I don't know you. He's like, what are right. you doing? I'm like, I'm doing a podcast. Great, 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 grandpa. <laughs> he's like, oh, shit, I failed. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's like you wake up and then it's like, OK, listen, this dude said I can basically have the night of my life on his dime. So I'm going to buy all these drugs, see all these strippers and, you know live like a rock star for a night at the Raven and then go back and be like, nah, sorry. Put me back to sleep. Right. Yeah. He was looking, he had looked like he had some good drugs there too. Uh, yeah. He was all jacked up. Yeah. And it was hilarious. He's like, I'm high. You know, yeah. Yep. I'm high. <laughs> Cop. He's like, apparently I'm being followed. Are you high? Yeah. I'm high. Yeah. I'm high. <laughs> but he, you know, he handled it really well. Cause he's like, he went and had a drink and, you know, he didn't, you know, throw up on the stage, which, you know, I'm not going to say I'm very good at drinking and I probably would have at that point. I know he handled it like a trooper. That's for sure. Yep. Cause it looked like some really good, good stuff that w- was like eye drops. Yeah. Yeah. It was very weird. Yeah. It was interesting. That's for sure. Um, very good. Very yeah. Just good. ties my number one for the first episode of all three carbon is just the game is afoot. I like it. Um, well, my number one kind of ties in with some of what you were saying earlier, and that's living forever. I'm like you. I've had a strong interest since I was a kid in vampires and the the prospect of living forever. It's probably why I'm so obsessed with uh, the working out and the uh, fighting the aging process as much <laughs> as possible. I'm gonna I'm gonna fake living forever as much as uh, as long as I can. Um, I've been fascinated with that as well. And I certainly don't want to derail off into any type of religious discussion here at all. That is not where I want to go with this. But I think that uh, we have to kind of talk a little bit about it of, and just kind of question, you know, if people people are essentially living forever here, at least some people, not everyone. Um, but you're when you're born, you're implanted with your stack. That's what you're given and everyone has it. Now, how you treat it after that is up to you. Like we, we, I think know that there are some people, uh, in the show of, of religious faith that choose not to, I guess, like renew it. Like once you die, like when you die, you die, that's it. You're not able to keep your, your stack or keep it activated or keep it going or store it or anything like that. Um, but it's, it's kind of essentially living forever. What they're doing in the show, one stack is essentially, just the way I'm taking it anyway is like the equivalent or like a replacement of someone's soul. Yeah. It's kind of the gist I would get of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because there, there is ways to die. Like if you, if it gets destroyed or like a uh, electric blast of the, the head, like you're essentially dead, dead. Right. And then, but then like you said, you know, if, if you have a stack, let's say that, okay, so you've died. Let's say that this is the original body that you were born into, uh, your, you know, your stack, and then that is taken and 
put into a new sleeve. Uh, how, do you do you have a soul? You know, I don't know. It just isn't this kind of a question that was raised when people when they were talking about the cloning and cloning humans. Um, you know, is that something that we're sh- that we should be doing? Um, I don't know. I guess that kind of goes in with whatever you believe. And like I said, I'm not going to go too deep with, with some of this, but I think that it's something that we have to kind of be aware of, especially as technology moves forward today. It's like we, we need to question and make sure that we're doing the good for humanity. And, um, you know, I believe in science, so I, I am a believer in a lot of these things. But some of that stuff's just a little bit freaky. It's like you mentioned in the tra- transporting. You know, um, if we were able to do that, how much of that is really you if, yeah. if pieces of you get taken apart if you're getting essentially broken down let's say in that process if this was real and you're getting broken down in that process and then basically pieced back together how are all of those pieces coming back together or, or is yeah, it leaving is it, pieces yeah. of you behind are you the same person that was you know on the other pad halfway across the world i mean you just you don't know and even if the person that comes back is like oh yeah it's totally me it's like is it like is it though yeah, how much of that really? I guess it is essentially you. It is a digital version of you, but really, it's it's. I don't know. I'm I'm trying to kind of marry that up a little bit and how that the stack that is your digital consciousness and being placed into another body is working. Because, like I mentioned, your brain really does make you you. There's pieces yeah. in your brain that that make you who you are, your personality in you. So, how much of your personality is in a digital? consciousness and an and AI form of your brain. So I just, and then I found it interesting as well. Like how do they survive in stasis? Do you just live with no consciousness? Is it just, you're like on life support? Like it's sleep mode. It's, yeah. Sleep mode. <laughs> they just sleep. plug into a battery and you know, when it drops below 50% charges back up. Yeah. Well, it was a lot like, uh, it reminded me a lot, just the, this one part of it anyway, kind of like the matrix when they kind of yeah, pulled yeah. him out of that, um, this, look like um, um, umbilical fluid or something em- embryotic fluid or something like that when a baby is born it was really thick and gooey and gross um, and they they pulled that thing out of his mouth I guess it's just basically you're you're brainless and this thing is your life support it keeps your uh, your body functioning you know with and you just don't I guess need a consciousness when you're in this form of stasis but um, I just found that whole thing something that we probably need to just kind of question and think about and be aware of. Um, and that was my number one living forever. And how much of you is living forever? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's really interesting. Like there's a movie that's coming out. I can't remember if it's out already or if it's coming out where essentially like humanity, like science, and everything has proved there's an afterlife. Mm-hmm. And so there's this huge rash of people like committing suicide because it's like, well, why do I want to live in this world when like, I know there's a better world after I die. Oh wow! Like if, if that's you some have cult this all- bullshit there, Sean. Yeah, well, no, it, it's like kind of a like. And the well, the thing is, is like there's people who are like, well, why would you kill yourself? Like, you know, it, it's it's. I I've just seen a trailer for it. It's just like mm-hmm. very like intriguing questions, but like look at this altered carbon world. Like if science had like could prove that there is no afterlife, like this is it. Mm-hmm. Like one life, I would think. Yeah, like I think people would do their damnedest to make sure that they have enough money to get that next sleeve. And protect themselves because you know after this it's over, right? But like you know, that's the question you ask is like, and really they're kind of prolonging finding that out. Well, I guess like if you die and there's nothing, well then there's nothing to find out. You won't know. But like if you're you're prolonging that potential that there's nothing, and it's just kind of, that's kind of at least when you start thinking about living forever and things like that. Like you know, you'd almost have to say if I live forever, 
I'm not fully sure that there's anything after this. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, I mean, I'm. I'm. I. I don't know. I guess if. What would you do? I, it sounds like if if we had this capability, um, and in this technology lived today, you would do it. Uh, I mean, it's. I mean, it's really tough to say. Like, it, you know, you, if if science was like, or what if it is like to not like. After this, it's all based off faith. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if I had enough money to keep my family like alive forever, I probably, yeah, I'd probably do it. I mean, yeah. just because of the concern that maybe there isn't anything after this, you know, yeah. not to get too deep into it of what I believe, but, um, and, and if science somehow had proven or if somehow it was proven that this is it, then yeah, I'd probably do all I could to keep my family alive for, you know, as long as I could. Yeah, I think I think I I agree with you. I don't know. I guess if this was our only option, I think I would still um, just be looking for uh, a vampire out there just to bite me on the neck. And yeah, oh yeah. If if, <laughs> if you throw me that choice, like I can be a vampire. Yeah, I'm totally. Being I could a vampire. I could totally be a vampire. I'm a night person anyway. Yeah. I don't need. I I do love the sunshine and the beach, but I can go to the beach at night in the moonlight. That's oh, beautiful yeah. too, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd totally be like a you know. A uh, lost boys vampire. You could ride a bike. You know, you oh can in some some instances you can fly. Yeah, oh my and all gosh. vampires are badasses too. Like you, you ever see like a dorky looking vampire? I, I haven't seen too many. There's probably going to be someone that will point one out to us. Don't ruin it for <laughs> one me, of our folks. listeners. He's like, I'm kind of a dorky vampire. <laughs> oh, they just don't exist. I feel like you you get. Uh, turned and you become cool. So maybe you're a dork in life and then you get turned and you become completely awesome <laughs> because you're a vampire and we're not going to go into like the whole Twilight vampire thing. We're going to stick to the real vampire stuff. Uh, that, yeah, that doesn't count. Yeah, we're, we're throwing that out the window um, and we're going to focus on the real stuff. The real vampires. <laughs> we're going <laughs> to focus on the real vampires out there. Um, but anyway, that's my number one is just this living forever and the prospect of living forever. The souls uh, of question questioning that and the faith in uh, what would we do? So that's my number one. Do you have notes? Uh, we touched on quite a few of my notes. The only one that I, I had, I noticed that... So this had a very... Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the TV show, but Dollhouse was a uh, Joss Whedon two-season show that had a couple... Um, had Elijah Dushku and it was the main character. Fran Kraz was mm-hmm. in it. He's been in like a Cabin in the Woods and a couple other big movies. And I noticed that there's two characters in the show that were in that TV series as well. Uh, the guy who was trying to attack um, Kovacs at the Raven, mm-hmm. he was in there. And then I think it's his sister, the okay. the image person they kept seeing at the next to the lake or pond or whatever it yes. was. Yes, she was in that TV show as well. So I thought it was kind of an interesting connection that like. Dollhouse is kind of the same thing, uploading a consciousness into a body, different bodies, and this is kind of that same thing, uploading a consciousness into a different body. So kind of cool little parallel there. That is cool. There's, as I was exploring, like you mentioned, a couple of the folks uh, that are in this show, uh, we've got some really great, interesting people from some really great, interesting shows you know, that have come together in this, uh, in this TV show in Altered Carbon. Um, you know, we have, uh, the fellow that's playing Lawrence Bancroft. I don't know why I get on this podcast and my brain completely goes like, Bleh. but, um, <laughs> that actor played in the following. I don't know if you saw that Kevin Bacon show that was on Fox a couple years uh, oh, ago. Yeah, no. Yeah. You're right. I remember that. Yeah. First he, like season or two of those were great. And then yes. it just went. 
yeah, first two seasons were pretty great, and I kind of quit. I don't usually watch, or I don't usually quit TV shows. Usually, when I'm in, I'm in, and I'll no matter what happens, I'll stick with it out of loyalty and just to see it through. Um, but yeah, that one I kind of dropped after the second season. When going into the third, I'm with you. But I th- thought I, I really liked his character, and I really liked. I found him fascinating as um, just in general. And what was cool about the following is the, his character in the following was like super obsessed with Edgar Allan Poe. And there was so much of, of his cult following that he had, uh, what well, was called the following, but this cult following that he had that was completely obsessed with the works of Edgar Allan Poe. And then of course mm. in altered carbon, we've got lots of references to Poe as well. <laughs> thought that was super yeah. cool. Um, Joel Kinnaman has had some great work behind him as well. You mentioned RoboCop. Um, he was in, I don't know how many seasons uh, or how much he was in House of Cards, but he was in that as well. It's a really great show um, if, if y'all haven't checked that out. Um, and he was in a popular um, AMC show a couple years ago called The Killing. I didn't watch it myself, but have you heard of it or watched it? Mm-mm. I haven't seen it, but I, I, I was, as I'm looking up things, I remembered it being on and, and being somewhat interested in it, but just as my issue is always, I don't have time for another darn show, but I heard really great things about it as I was combing through looking at the different characters. There's a lot of great, um, interesting actors uh, from lots of great, interesting shows. So I think they've, they've really pulled together a great uh, group of folks for this um, show. So I'm, I'm, and I'm interested to see how more of them come into play and see more of them. Um, Do you have any other notes? Nope, that's the only other note I had. Okay. Um, we touched a lot on mine, too. Um, we talked about the Poe references, the snake shedding the skin. Um, I There was a really great line that I, that I really liked that made me giggle. Uh, in the, Kind of in the beginning, whenever Kovach and, and that detective are walking out of that building where he's just woken up, uh, they're out there, you have all the protesters. Uh, there's one protester that tells Kovach when they're leaving, he says, God will judge you for your sins. And Kovach says, that should keep him busy for a while. <laughs> I got that too. <laughs> I laughed and thought, hmm, yep, you know what, you're right, that... <laughs> Yeah, I love the little part while they're driving. He's like, yeah, you know, I've killed a lot of people. He's like, well, why'd you kill people for? And he starts listening off. The last one's like, you know, sometimes just people who talk too much. Yep. I thought that was funny, too. I didn't note it in my notes, but I kind of noted it in my head. Like, oh, it's another good line. I should have written that one down. Another good one. And it just made me wonder as well. One last little note that I was pondering. You know, we, we see you know, the, the, the maybe not so rich and elite people are living down below on the ground. Um, we see some of the debauchery. Um, and I, it's, it appears that the higher you go, the more money that you have. And we see this super awesome, uh, world of living above the clouds where the super elite and rich people live. And I thought, man, they're above the clouds. Isn't it hard to breathe? Up yeah, there. I think so. They're outside. They're not like inside where you'd have like, oh, well, it's pressurized and there's air pumping into the building to, you know, for oxygen. Um, like when you're in an airplane and you're above the clouds, there's oxygen flowing through the airplane to keep you alive. Um, because, you know, obviously the higher you go, the higher the altitude, you have less oxygen. So I'm like, they just act like it's nothing. <laughs> they're walking around outside and like, oh, but that's okay. I mean, it's fine. Suspension of disbelief, right? <laughs> So that was all my notes. I'm interested to learn more and more about this falconer, um, the person that he, uh, his leader, um, in this mission that they talked about there at the end. What was the mission? I want to know. 
Hopefully we'll find out. Yeah. So that's it. <clears throat> that's all I got. So we're ready. If if you didn't have anything else to add, I think we'll jump into some news. We got a little bit, a couple of little interesting things about altered carbon. Sean, you want to kick us off on the first one? All right. So this first one uh, basically is talking about the book you had mentioned earlier. So Altered Carbon is a 2002 science fiction novel by Richard K. Morgan. Set in a future in which interstellar, interstellar travel is affected or effective. Oh, wait. Set in the future in which interstellar travel is. I think that's the right word that's put on here. I copied and pasted it. <laughs> yeah. It says affected, but I don't think that's the right way to say it. I that. know. Basically, uh, future, interstellar travel is uh, done by transferring consciousness between bodies, which is called sleeves. It follows the attempt of. Takishi Kovac, a former UN elite soldier turned private investigator to investigate a rich man's death for him. It's followed by the sequels Broken Angel and Woken Furies. The Philip K. Dick Award was it was basically awarded this award off in 2003. Yeah, super. So it seems like it's, it was a fairly popular uh, group of novels by this author, Richard K. Morgan. Uh, so I found that interesting. I didn't even know when we first heard about Altered Carbon and was exploring, uh, covering the show, that it was a book until I started kind of digging into it a little bit. So found that super awesome. Hopefully we've got some fans of the books um, that will be uh, contributing and helping us flesh it out just a little bit as we go along. Um, the next item that we have is from IMDb. So just a a few fun facts that I thought were kind of interesting that I throw in here. Uh, so the pilot uh, is being directed by Miguel Sapochnik. I'm sorry, I'm horrible with names. Um, he also directed the episode Battle of the Bastards in Game of Thrones. And I don't know if y'all folks been watching Game of Thrones or are caught up to Battle of the Bastards, but oh my God, to me, that was like one of the best episodes of the entire series absolutely genius so i found that to be really interesting as well that he was uh, directing this um pilot episode of altered carbon another fun little fact joel kinnaman revealed that all his life he suffered from a congenital deformity known as pectus excavatum which produces a sunken or caved in appearance of the chest and consequently he always felt very embarrassed to take his shirt off for films or tv so just before well, he, this episode he didn't he was not shy but here's why so just before he got the lead role in this show kinnaman went through a surgery to repair his chest to lift it outwards to have proper normal shape combining that with his physical transformation for the role to achieve his best ever physical shape he said he was incredibly proud to show off his new body in the show in numerous lengthy shirtless <laughs> scenes so yeah he's like hey let's try this one without the pants on too i've got glutes <laughs> i want to show off he's his his you can tell the man because he's not real young i mean he's not like in his 20s i think he's in his mid to late 30s so for someone of his age to get in that great of shape is quite an accomplishment i mean this dude is ripped yeah he's, he was born in 79 so he is almost uh 40 Mm, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, look, people, the older you get, the harder it is to get in shape. It takes some real dedication. And uh, you can tell this dude went through it. So I just thought that was really interesting that um, 
you know, he, he had this surgery to repair this defect that he had and he's, he's putting it out there now. He's like, check me out. Um, another little fact was this was originally going to be adapted as a film, but the original book's 26th century universe was too dense to be contained to into two hours. I agree. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. Even it's just like where they talk, they, they talked about Game of Thrones where they wanted to make that into a movie. Oh, man. Like, oh, we just want to tell the Jon Snow story. And he's like, you, you can't like, no, it's, it's, it's more than that. It so is I'm so. glad that they went this route. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, definitely. I think more to be told here. I mean, just even in the first hour that we got with this show, there's so much more to explore and I can't imagine them trying to crush all of this. And we haven't even watched anything beyond this, but even what we learned in the first uh, episode so far, you know, cram all of that into a two-hour movie. So, good choice. I'm excited. Um, so, next we have one of my absolute favorite parts of our show when we get to do some listener feedback. So, this is Letters from the Upside Down. Uh, Sean, why don't you get us uh, kicked off on this part? All right. So, Ryan Cortez, this show is great. The critics are nuts. <laughs> I didn't read anything about the critics. I guess they're not having a great time with it. But um, So Luis Guerrero says, It's a good show. I'm only on episode four because now the Olympics are on. <laughs> <laughs> so depending on when you're listening, right now the Olympics, Winter Olympics are happening. <laughs> uh, Elizabeth Nikolovich says, A dystopian world with the usual limited resources and resulting inequality themes. However... Add immortality, an unexpected complex personal relationship with a mystery in the mix, and it's very original. Enjoyed the ride. Agreed. Um, I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name wrong. I'm not great with names. Um, is it is it Jokin Eidecker? That sounds right. Okay. Um, I'm sorry if I've mispronounced it again. Um, he says, already been watching it. I've been a big fan of Joel Kinnaman since The Killing. Steve Brown loved it. So many and new things from sci-fi. Very Philip K. Dick-like. Well, it won the Philip K. Dick Award. Yeah. <laughs> uh, almost couldn't wait to watch more, but I will. The hotel, the hotel scene was a little predictable, but still thrilling to watch. Love seeing actors from Dollhouse. Yeah, as well. Uh, Toma Pickett and Ditchin Latchman. Yeah, there you go. You and Steve uh, can talk about Dollhouse in the group. You've got that in common. Yeah, it's all. Oh, it was a. Uh, show that I wish that they would have, you know, tacked on. Oh, again, if you can watch the last two episodes from season one and two, it's like a super dystopian, like future world. That's oh, it's so good. Is that available on any format? Can we get it Netflix, Hulu? Do you know? I thought it was on Netflix. I think you can get it. You can buy it on like Amazon uh, Prime, where you have to pay for it. I guess like you oh, okay. digitally. Cool. Well, I might but have to check that it. out because who doesn't love Joss Whedon, right? Oh yeah. And Fran Kratz, he uh, he was in, um, like I said, Cabin in the Woods, and I think he does a great job in that in that TV series. That was the first time I ever saw him, and was really surprised by his skills. Super cool. Um, well, we also have a voicemail. This is from one of our awesome listeners, Onwen, um, who has, um, as always, at, per my request, she has to leave a voicemail so we can listen to her amazing <laughs> <laughs> accent. So here is Onwen. All right. Hi, Rima and Sean. I watched Altered Carbon last night, first episode, and I loved it. I was really hooked from the beginning, and um, I thought it was really, really cool. The way they, I guess a lot of Netflix shows seem to do this. They don't treat the audience like 
you're stupid. You kind of get thrown into this world mm-hmm. and you have to figure things out as you go along. I love how the characters use um, slang words and abbreviations for things that are in this um, futuristic world that we probably don't know about and we just kind of have to figure out as we go along what they mean. Uh, they don't bang you over the head with it, which I really like. Uh, the other thing that really stood out to me was the character towards the end um, who runs the hotel, Poe, I think is the character's name. And mm-hmm. he was amazing. I was captivated by him. I just couldn't take my eyes off him. He was amazing. So I hope we get to see loads more of him. And I'm really looking forward to the rest of the show. Can't wait to follow along with you guys. Have a great day. Bye. Oh, that's great. I agree. Sweet. Thanks, yeah, Owen. I think- I love that. Like you see that a lot with Black Mirror. It's like, hey, and I think they can get away with like their actual TV shows doing this or mm-hmm. their actual episodic shows doing this because you can binge it. Like a lot of these shows, I don't think would do good on a week to week like network television because people watch first and like, I don't get it. Bored. Click next thing. Right. But with this, it's like, wait, I don't get it. Click next episode. You know. Right. Let me watch the second episode and let's see if I'm willing to invest a little bit more into this. Yeah, you're exactly. absolutely right. Because it is rich and it's it's a little bit, you know, unless you've read the books and you know what happens if you're just jumping into it blind like we are. Uh, I can see where people can be maybe thrown off and like, ah, I just didn't quite get into it. Um, you know, I'm I'm hooked for now, definitely, and will continue to watch. So I agree with you on when I hope that we get to see more of Poe. I found his character um, interesting. Uh, I thought it was a little funny, too, because, um, you know, they're kind of giving him crap at the end about taking out all those uh <laughs> the the people and he's like and he he tells them he's like well you know i i'm per, i have a permit for this and i have <laughs> i'm good and he's like and they were rude you know <laughs> so when he pulls out the shotgun he says something about a microwave to him exactly like you know because they were insulting him saying that you know my microwave is smarter than you are um well, so so was was he ai or was he a real person that's the only thing i couldn't figure out i feel like i got confused by that as well i I thought he was real, but I took that at the end that maybe he's like a hologram. Okay. I could kind of see that. Just from the remark of, uh, but I mean, if, if he's a hologram, then why does he have to worry about like the regular laws like human people do? Yeah, that's true. So I don't know. I was a little bit confused, but regardless if, if he's AI or uh, real, uh, I hope we get to see more of him. I found his, he's got to be some sort of um, AI or sleeve because what he, they, they mentioned he's my first guest in what, 500 years or something like that. However many hundreds of years. So that was super cool. Um, we have some more feedback as well. Uh, this feedback, however, is on Black Mirror, which if you're not already aware, Sean and I did cover season four of Black Mirror. So if you haven't watched Black Mirror or aren't interested in hearing about Black Mirror and don't want to be spoiled or just don't want to hear, um, I saved this to the end. Um, just so if you want to skip over it, you can. Uh, this first one we have is from Avellino. Hey, Um, He has some really great things to say. Um, He says, great last episode of both Black Mirror's fourth season and your podcast coverage of it. I really like Black Mirror, but I'm glad that it's only six episodes long, as almost each episode leaves me both invigorated intellectually, but depressed because of the portrayal of humanity's degradation when new technologies are being introduced. One thing in the vein of Black Mirror that would be thoroughly interesting would be to show an audience from the 50s a movie of typical life today and see if they think we live in a dystopia or not. That's a good idea. Isn't that a great perspective? It's like, wait, you mean 
they post everything they do all day. <laughs> like everybody can see that. What's glued to their hand? <laughs> oh my god! Oh, why aren't they eating that food? Why are they posting pictures of it? Aren't they hungry? Why are they? Why do they have like this thing stuck to their hand and they're taking pictures of themselves yeah. all day, <laughs> posting them on Instagram? Oh, yeah, it funny. would be really interesting. That's a really great uh, perspective there, Avelino. Thank you. He had some really, really kind words for us on our Facebook page. So um, I thanked him already, but I'll thank him again on the podcast. Thank you, Avelino. Um, yeah, thank you're, you. You're awesome. So here's some more feedback on Black Mirror. So if you haven't watched and don't want to be spoiled or don't care, so just be prepared for this. So uh, I am listening to the Metalhead podcast and have already listened to the Black Museum one. What if the bears in the warehouse were like the carry bear and were meant to transfer the child or whatever's consciousness into? That would make the desperation more believable for the woman. Also, since the guy in the car was using some kind of tech to start the car, we know that they have access to technology. Just a thought. Can't wait to watch the first episode of Alter Carbon. My season four Black Mirror rating list, USS Callister, Metalhead, Hang the DJ, Black Museum, Crocodile, Archangel. I would have switched the middle two around. I like them both equally. From Sean's comments on Black Museum, I think it would have been interesting if she had chosen the tablet and or the bathtub. Then we could have heard those stories from a different perspective, and maybe Rolo would have somehow been involved in the development or spreading of those two texts. They may have felt too contrived to the viewer, though. Love the podcast. Hope to see you all or others at the Nashville Walker Stalker Con. Steve. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, thanks, Steve. That was, I thought, really interesting when he was talking about how if you watch uh, Metalhead, because we all kind of pondered, like, why the hell were they after the damn teddy bears? But then, like you mentioned, Steve, uh, in Black Museum, that really had me thinking whenever you see that digital consciousness transferred into what I (laughs) called it the carry bear. um, (laughs) Is that what they were after? Is that the technology that they were after to transfer that, a child's digital consciousness? That would have been it. Would have been interesting more if it's like because they were kind of selling as like this isn't a way to save her life. It's more his life. It was more of a comfort, a soothing. Yeah, yeah. But if instead they switched that one line, it's like you know this is the only way we can make sure that that he lives on. Like that would have been like mm-hmm. mind, mind blown. blown. Like, oh my god. <laughs> How I yeah, it is it is very interesting. So I thought it was a really great perspective uh, that Steve had after he. I did not make that connection. Maybe if I had watched uh, Metalhead and then Black Museum one right after the other, I would have made that connection. But time had passed. We kind of talked about it. I kind of had Metalhead out of my head when we moved on to to Black Museum already. Um, so, but I found that very interesting and uh, wanted to make sure that we kind of threw that out there and. Gave Steve some kudos for for that. And I hope to see you in, in Nashville, too. I'm hoping we get lots of people that go um, to that one this year so we can I can meet lots of you folks um, that we um, have in our group that we have. So that's all of our listener feedback uh, for this particular episode. Thank you again for everyone that takes the time to write in to us. I love seeing that feedback come in. I see I love seeing all the different perspectives uh, that we get and differing opinions that we get. People disagree with us or, uh, you know, at least respectively. And I really appreciate that. So thanks, everyone, for taking the time. I love it. 
Yeah, thanks everybody. I know we're bounced around from different shows and everything, so it's great to see you guys kind of following along with us and kind of building this community of, you know, Strange Indeed group. So, you know, thank you very much for taking the time. We, we all really appreciate it. Yeah, we're, we're really excited that you're a lot of people are hanging with us and hopefully we'll pick up some new people who maybe haven't heard of us and are just interested in Altered Carbon um, as well that are, are anxious to, you know, listen to a podcast about it. We're having a good time so far. So what do we got for all next right. week? So for next week, we'll be covering the second episode from Alter Carbon titled Fallen Angel, which if you remember, that's actually one of the name of the books. Yeah. Uh, so while Kovacs tracks down a man who sent Bencroft a death threat, Lieutenant Ortega bends the rules to keep tabs on his whereabouts. Ooh. She's like, oh, he's at the Raven again. <laughs> Aren't you supposed to be working? Right. Sleeping off another bender. <laughs> um, well, we are really excited that you choose a sleeve with us um, and until then you can follow us on Twitter at Strange T-Cast. You can like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Stranger T-Cast and you can check us out on Instagram at Stranger or Strange underscore Indeed underscore pod. You can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com and you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts like The Walking Dead Cast at podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed or any other great podcastica podcast on Apple Podcast. Go podcastica. A uh, lot of great um, podcasts out there right now that are kicking some ass. So definitely go check those out. And make sure also while you're at it, check out Sean in his other podcast, The Language of Bromance, that comes out every Sunday. Yeah, we are getting really, really close to 200 episodes. And I think we've got two guests hmm. that are going to be coming on. 200. You might, you might recognize the names. I believe <laughs> one starts with an R and ends with an Emma. Hmm. And the other starts with a J and is ends in an a son so i'm intrigued just just a just a little little hint there a little tease if you will (laughs) little sneak peek little tease little peep show (laughs) Uh, all right well that's our show episode 25 out of the past until next time i'm rima and i'm sean and avelino rushino is strange indeed Mr. Kovacs, stay late. I'll take the case.